right, welcome to another episode of Something for the People. I'm your host, B. Smooth, and today we got two excellent, illustrious guests, all-timers. We got <laughs> Rico Suave. Rico. And we, got, we got my man, B. Reed. B. Reed, what's yeah, good? How doing, man? It's good. It's good. Talk to y'all brothers, man. Definitely. All right, so this is a very special episode of Something for the People. We're going to talk about everybody's favorite thing, the music of the world. We're going to talk about hip-hop. And maybe sprinkle in a little bit of R&B because they, they got married sometime in the mid-90s. <laughs> <laughs> or earlier, right? Yeah. Had a little relationship, a little yeah. on and off relationship. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, that was an interesting, uh, interesting clash. Yeah. All right, so let's start off. Uh, any of you guys can start. When did you fall in love with hip-hop? Man, for Dude. me, yeah. Well, go ahead, B-Reed. Go, you can go first. For me, it's probably, uh, you know, it's probably a couple of different eras, you know. I think, you know, growing up on the South Side, you know, in the 90s, just a lot of, you know, family and friends, you know, just getting, you know, forming a love of music in that era and just, you know, listen to a lot of, you know, the hits of the day. But it, it really started to change when I went to high school. I joined the band, um, you know, started playing trombone. And that's kind of when I started just taking a different look at music in general, you know what I'm saying? And I, you know, play marching and jazz band. And I started really loving hip hop when I started realizing like how it was really, um, it was a, a mixture of all the musical genres in a way, you know what I'm saying? And it's like when I kind of like start realizing that, just kind of, you know, getting into more, you know, researching more classic artists, you know? Um, and yeah, just, by that time, yeah, when I got to college and, you know, just got a chance to kind of explore the history of hip hop, you know, that's when I became like, you know, a real fan. So, you know. Well, for me, it's a little bit earlier than that. I'm a little bit, a uh, little bit long, in the, long in, the, in, the, in the tooth or teeth, whatever you want to call it. But for me, it was definitely like early early 80s during the the breakdancing phase i remember <laughs> remember getting this album and it had like you know herbie hancock it's like a compilation record and the one the first song i think for me that really stuck out was it's like that by run dmc it was on there and, and this record was just for breakdancing so it had a lot of like you know had some old school hip-hop tracks that had like a nice little uh, you know dance groove or whatever but that was like my earliest recollection of hip hop. And then that's when I kind of got into a lot of those earlier artists, um, you know, then heard, you know, guys like LL Cool J and, um, you know, people like that. And, you know, Beast Movie remembers our last conversation, Eric B and Rakim were, was yeah. the first um, tape that I remember, cassette tape. This is how old school I am. So first cassette tape that I actually bought. I remember it was around this time of year because I remember I was playing it at uh, my church's um, 4th of July picnic and everyone was like, I played it in my little boom box. Um, but that's, that's like the, my earliest recollection, you know, and I think that, that tape came out in 85 for some reason. I'm thinking mm -hmm. around that time. So that's about the time. So like it was the breakdancing phase. I wasn't the best breakdancer, but I always loved hip hop music and like uh -huh. the different dance beats. And so I was, I was the guy who actually brought you know, got the cassette tapes and would play the music um, while guys were breakdancing. So that's that's when it started for me. Okay. So with me, it was kind of a mixture of like genres because I, like my mother listens to like almost nothing but R&B and house music, but she's right. getting a little hip hop. Like she'd buy, she used to buy like album 12 inches. So I remember the first 12 inch 
from my house when I was little, when I wasn't listening, when I wasn't singing Bobby Brown, was uh, Self Destruction. <laughs> she, wow. had, she, had that, she had that 12. So we still have it. It's somewhere. Yeah. I gotta look through my vinyl collection. That's a good one. I might have that one. Yeah, not like I grew up and I and I watched it live in color. So yeah. I loved okay. Heavy D growing up. Mm. I thought he was like the best. He's still in my top five. Heavy yeah, D. we 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 talked about that yeah. last time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's Heavy how D got like, some heat, man. Yeah, yeah. So that's how like I got into it. And then like in the mid nineties, like Tupac was everywhere. So I was just like, even though I'm like a, a nerd who reads like a hundred books a year, I'm like, yeah, thug life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, Tupac just had a, he was one of the most charismatic people ever. So Definitely. that's, how, that's you know, in Living Color and Tupac, that's my, that was my introduction to hip hop. It's interesting you say that because, you know, to me, like, you know, rap music, like I said, was breakdancing. And it wasn't until the 90s when you had a variety, you know, you had... You had so many different different styles. It wasn't just about New York. You know, L.A. came into the scene. Um, you know, it, it just it just changed. It just evolved so quickly, and it was great because the '90s. That was the time. You know, I was in college, and so you know that those are the years where you're trying to find yourself. And to have that mix, you know, you had the native tongues, and you had the West Coast, and then you had you know a lot of the the hard hitting stuff from the East, and then you know Cypress Hill came in with a whole different style. I mean, it was just the '90s you know, to me, kind of just changed the game when it came to, to hip-hop, because before then it was just, okay, you know, two guys, you're rapping on stage, but then it was like social, you know, social conscious came came about, and just yep. and, and just so now, like, the, people could relate to them, because again, like, you know, when you saw Run DMC, like, who, who's going to be rocking fedoras, big rope chains, and Adidas with no shoelaces, right? And then you had mm-hmm. all these other artists coming in, you know, Tupac's or whatever, and they're like dressing whatever, cross colors, you know, Carl Kanai, whatever the, the brand was, you know, back in the day. And it's like, oh, that guy looks like me. I can relate to this dude. Or he's talking about stuff that is in my neighborhood. And that's, you know, really to me, that's, that's the decade that kind of changed the game when it came to, to hip-hop and rap music altogether. Think of what, um, what Erica Badu said. She said um, hip-hop is bigger than religion. You know, kind of when I, when as like I've gotten older, I look back at hip hop, I almost look at it kind of like to the magnitude of like the Black Panther movement or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think like the 80s and 90s, like you had this, like this great, incredible art form that like came out of everywhere. You know, I mean, it came, it came out of nowhere, you know, on the backdrop of like the civil rights movement and like, you know, the crack, everything that can just like everything that was going on at that time. Yeah, like, rap turned from music to a culture, to be honest with you, because yeah. it, came, it came with everything, like clothes, you know, how, how you present yourself, like right. all that. I mean, it, it just changed. It just changed everything. One of the first movies that really, where it really clicked for me was Juice. Oh, when, like, yes. Like Tupac and uh, Mike Epps, uh, yeah. When I seen mm, Juice, mm, it was mm. like that. Still one of my favorite movies to this yep. day, but it was just like, just like the flavor, you know, from the shoes, you know, at the beginning yeah. of the movie, and you know what I'm saying? Just like, you know. And a dressed. lot of- a lot of cameos in that movie too. You know? cameos, yeah, yeah EPMD was in, was in there. EPMD was in there. Yeah. Special Ed, Special Ed was in there too. I can remember Special Ed uh, was the one who took, Queen Latifah uh, had a small. Queen Latifah was in there too. Yeah, and, this, mean, and this was cool. Like in this era, like hip hop to me was like so. It was about just in my subconscious. Like growing up as a kid in the '90s, and a lot of it came from you know culture and pop culture. You know, I think uh, I've been showing my kids a lot of uh, Bebe's kids. Like you know what I'm saying? Just like. Yeah. <laughs> All of those classic, um, you know, 
movies and soundtracks, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. just the juice, like, all these movies have, like, classic soundtracks. And just like, man. Uh, uh, that's, that's a good transition. Let's let's go to uh, film, like, that, because mm-hmm. that helped, like, put uh, hip-hop, like, on the map there. What was some, like, like great hip-hop films to you? Because I remember, was... the first one I remember is House Party. Oh, House Party, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's a good one, yeah. Yep, that was a good one. Man, yeah. I don't know. So Man. many of them, all of them. And it's like, sometimes it's like, even when I think of more choice, like, Men's Society or, like, Boys to the Hood, it's like, not necessarily, it's like, you know, about, like, hip, or like, music per se, but when you add, yeah. like, the soundtrack and just, like, you know, just that whole culture, is like, you know what I'm saying? Any yeah. of the Spike Lee joints. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, he pretty much centered, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, that's, yeah. But I think, I think, you know, B, we hit, you know, Juice was definitely, you know, going Boys in the Hood, obviously, because it brought, you know, the New York and L.A. kind of lifestyle, you know, to, to the forefront. Um, oh, no, the first the first one for me, how could I forget? Um, Crush Groove. Oh, Crush Groove. Oh, yeah, my, my pops told me Crush Groove. Yeah. I got introduced to uh, Curtis Blow. I was like, Curtis Blow, Fat, Fat Boys. Like, the Brace Fat Boys, bro. I, I still, like, one of the tracks from that movie is, like, still one of my favorite Fat yeah. Boys songs of all mm-hmm. time. The one where they was in the movie, I mean, in, the, like, the pizza spot. Yeah, all you can eat. All yeah, all you, you can eat. eat, eat. Oh, yeah. Classics, bro. Classics. Yeah. Well, that's you know that that film is loosely based on the life of Russell Simmons. So right. I mean, that's yeah. But uh, yeah, LL Cool J makes an appearance on that. You know, a little cameo in there, and yeah, I mean that's that's my brother's favorite movie. Um, you know, by far. I remember him actually having the record. Um, and that yeah, but Curtis Blow was definitely up there. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean that's 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 a great movie. That's probably. That might be. Well, I mean, if you take away like the Beach streets and the breaking movies, that's more right, about breakdancing. Right. Um, but that's Crush Group is probably the earliest that I can think of. I mean, I know there was a documentary called Wild Style that came out before that, but that was more about the culture. That's more about the uh, you know, graffiti as well as music and, and breakdancing. But I think Crush Group might be the earliest one that I can think of anyway. That was man. That was Crystal was one of my favorites, and it's where yeah. I um, got introduced to Sheila E too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just like man, like growing up was cool. Like getting you said, um, I would say the Wiz kind of in a way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean that's yeah. That's when like I, yeah. I mean I think the Wiz was like was like the the, the first kind of like you know on the R and B side. You know, yeah, on the R and B side because yeah, because yeah, definitely. But I can't think of any, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what other movies, I mean, because in the 90s, then you had like, you know, Above the Rim, you had like a lot of these other movies yeah. coming in that, you know, had, you know, some elements of rap or hip hop, but nothing I mean, like. Even, even the TV shows, like when I think of Martin and like Fresh yeah. Prince, it's like, just like the dress, like, you know, Martin had a lot of cameos, yeah. like, you know, that, that hip hop was like permeating through like everything it seemed like yeah. in, in the 90s. Yeah. Well, well, like, or Arsenio in, uh, in Living yeah. Color, like I, like I was yeah, talking definitely. about earlier, like, right. Yeah, yeah, rap theme song. So yeah, yeah, Arsenio. Yeah, I mean Arsenio Hall when he had his talk show, that was it because then he had all those artists on there. I remember Jodeci was on there a couple times, like all these artists that you know would never get on like the Tonight Show or or anything like that. So to to have that outlet, you know, you got to see a lot of. I'm pretty sure like Tribe Called Quest was on there a couple times, like yeah. um, you know KRS One, like all those artists were on there. I mean that's you know for that show. I mean, that's, that's, to me, that's how Arsenio got really popular is because he would have those, those artists on there that no other, no other, t- you know, late night show would have. Or even, even coming to America, you know, the infamous scene when they're at the, uh, the bar and they talking yeah. to the girls and they rapping. You know? Yeah. 
Okay, so so moving on, let's talk about uh, like how hip hop kind of influences style. Because when I think of style eras, I think of hip hop. I'm thinking like ninety late eighties, everybody's wearing the dashikis and the Africa medallions, <laughs> yeah. and they switch up. You know, we all wearing baggy. Everybody's wearing baggy jeans. Yeah. Oh, so like I know B and Reed, can t- we ain't gonna talk about like in the yeah you know, we go YouTube in like the early two thousands, and everybody's wearing the throwback jerseys and the yeah. really. I look back at my photos. I'm like, man, my jeans were so big. <laughs> oh, I think man. everybody from that time clothes had to be a tad bit bigger than they were than we rocked with today. That's for sure. I just remember rocking the the cross colors, and they had the, some of the goofiest kind of color combinations. And when you asked for a large shirt, it was actually like an extra large. Everything like you thought, whatever size that you thought you were, it was like a size bigger, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's yeah, I mean. That whole style. I mean, and that, we, we, I mean, we were just talking about it, right? Like that's why I think a lot of times De La Soul, Tribe Called Quest, Jungle Brothers don't get their fair shape because they came in with a totally different style and they were rocking the dashikis, the Africa medallions, and and all this. And like, of the world. Yeah, and it's just like news. they're like, who are these guys? You know, some I remember. I remember some people say, oh, these are the bookworms, you know, in school who decided to start a rap group or whatever because they were just on another level. And I was like, man, just listen to them. Music. Like what they call it, the Daisy Age. Yeah, the Daisy yeah. Age. Yeah, the, the inner salt and the inner soul, y'all. I think that's what yeah. that's what Daisy is. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean it's but they, they were on point, you know, and then you had, you know, you had Black Sheep join them, you had uh the Beat Nuts and so many others. Um, uh, but I mean, but not a lot of people were really vibing off that, you know. And honestly, when I started getting to that point without really I'm doing hip hop and researching those artists and like, yeah, you know. And, and realizing where they was getting the samples from, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, like hip hop really just like introduced me to a whole world of music, you know what I'm saying? Which is like one that, of the things I appreciate most, you know? That's where me and my brother kind of connected because I would, I would, you know, play the, the Tribe Called Quest CD and my brother would be like, I know that sample because my brother was into jazz music and he's like, I think I got that record right here. And I'm like, yo, really? It's like, and then that, yeah, they're on another level, you know, you get the hard bass and you get the, you know, the, the, the different kind of different sounds that, that that went with the music. I mean, Ali Shahi Muhammad. I mean, oh yeah, man, the production I, in that era, all all of yeah. that stuff. Come on, man. Like, yeah, I mean, that's the yeah. We could we could talk hours just on the production of that because between him, you know, Pete Rock. Um, yeah, I mean, JD. there's just some premiere. I mean, come on, Premiere. man. Like, they're just. Oh. Alchemist, you know, yeah. this in the current era, man. Yeah. Always on the producer side. Yeah, Pete Rock, yeah. Alchemist, Dilla. Yeah, I mean, can, you, can we talk about how P Rock uh, and they reminisce over you as a top five hip hop song of all time? Oh man, <laughs> by far, by far, Classic. by far. I, yeah. I still remember it in um, NBA Street Volume Two. You know that you know intro what? song, man. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> You know that song was dedicated to one of the Heavy D and the Boys members. You know that, right? So yeah, uh, T- he, he, he died, oh, yeah, yeah. He died on yeah. tour. Like he yeah. fell off something. I think. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but I mean that track. Yeah, by far. I mean, you know, that's it's funny because you know back in the that's day, a for a hip hop track. No, oh, yeah. I mean, back you know, if there was one track on the on, on a cassette tape that you like, you went and bought it back in the day because only like ten dollars. I remember I bought that as soon as I heard that track. I said, I'm buying this, and then. 
that I, I had always queued up to the same place every time. I mean, you could just that was that was definitely top five all time. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the, that's one of the things, man. The production in the '90s, like he just had that level of soul. Like on EPMD, I was a big fan of Eric Sermon production, man. He has some oh, yeah. real stuff. All the stuff he did for Red Man, all this, you know, some of his solo projects, obviously you know, the EPMD stuff, like you know. Yeah. yeah, definitely some crazy production over there in the, in the 90s, you know. Okay, look, since we're bringing up the 90s, let's bring some, who else from like some top artists from the 90s that you can, you can think of? Because I'm, you know, we, we already brought up like Tupac, but you can talk about the Tribe okay. Called Quest, mm-hmm. De La Soul. Some of my favorite 90s artists, man. Yeah. I, I gotta bring up Wu-Tang. Oh, Wu-Tang. oh you gotta think of a, like, Got to bring that, was, that was amazing what they did to have oh, that yeah. many like dope rappers in the same group. The Beatles and hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there there are some though that I don't think get a get a whole lot of credit. Like to me, I, I I've always loved like Diggable Planets. I thought they were way ahead of their time. Um, and you know, even like Lords of the Underground, I I feel like you could you could play them now, and it 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 could still people be like, yo, who's that? You know, it's it's just their style. Uh, I mean, of course, there were some others that you were just like, mm, I don't know. Uh, but there were a lot of like artists from the '90s that I feel like didn't get enough credit, and I I think a lot of it was just it was just saturated. It was saturated with a lot of the, you know, a lot of stuff going on. Um, but man, '90s. They're just, they're the just too much. Far side, yeah. Far side, yeah. They, 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 they never, you know, they never get the credit that they deserve, you know. That, yeah, some of the stuff they had with Dilla, you know what I'm saying? The far side, you know, the, yeah. the late um, tribe, definitely one of my favorite tribes um, album is their last one, the um, mm-hmm. Love Movement. Love Movement, yeah. I think that's one of those albums that don't get enough credit, yeah. man. Just a lot of soulful production on albums, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's, there's just too many, too many from 90s that it's, it's just hard. Red man, I think he's kind of on the unsung side, man. Like uh, Muddy Waters and uh, some of his, like his, some of his, his first three albums. It's like, man, some of those type of stuff you can just zone out to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah what about you, B Smooth? You haven't said a whole lot about the '90s. What, what, what do you got for the '90s? Oh, oh in the '90s, I think it, it, it's it's two eras of me in the '90s. It's uh, <laughs> it's the, the commercial me, like in the mid '90s. <laughs> I, was, I was into anything that played on the radio, so so I was like, I, I admit I did buy the first Mace album. Mm, okay. Yeah, we all we all had that moment. <laughs> oh, no, no, but this is this the most embarrassing thing ever. Like when I first could like buy CDs on my own, like with my own money, the first CD I bought was Master P. MP The Last Dawn, <laughs> <laughs> and the only reason I bought it. Is because yeah. I looked at the I looked at the CD. Remember they used to have a pen and pixel. Oh it yeah, was so shiny. Like I was like a cat. You know, they see something shiny. Yeah. I was like, oh, let me get that. And then I listened to it. I was just like, I know, I, I now know the value of a dollar and how to waste it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, more nineties than no limit. Well, even like the early nineties. I mean, you think about it. You know, MC Hammer was coming big, so people were kind of riding that kind of you know, pop, hip hop kind of thing, you know, and then you throw in like we were talking about, you know, crisscross and a lot of those kind of gimmick, I call it kind of gimmick, you know, hip hop groups because it was like, okay, great. Okay. Their, their clothes are backwards and, you know, they have a song called jump and, you know, it just, 
you know, I mean, Cypress Hill, we talked about Cypress Hill before going on air, you know, groups like that. Like, yeah, B-Rose, Cypress Hill. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, DJ Muggs is another guy that. On the production side. That's on heavy, the production yeah. side, yeah. I mean, because you had, I mean, one of my favorite artists that doesn't get a lot of credit is Funk Dubious. And to me, mm, you could play some of his stuff at any party, and I guarantee you people will be, like, on the dance floor because it's just got this hard-hitting beat. It's DJ Muggs. I mean, it's. You know, Cypress Hill, you know. On the um, unsung side, yeah. um, and that makes me remind me of um, Dale the Funky Homo Sapien. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's the one that yes. definitely, he didn't get enough credit in the night. I love yeah. the second album, man. He just, like, got a real unique style. And then, like, all the stuff he ended up doing with Gorillaz, that was so crazy. Like, you know, just, like, real under, unsung, man. He got some lyrics, man. He could, he could spit. Um, even even like a group called Poor Righteous Teachers. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of them. Oh, yeah, okay. Their yeah. flow. Okay. Their, their flow was just amazing. You were like, whoa, like these guys are, you know, I, but another art, you know, artist that don't, a group that doesn't get a lot of credit, but if they you were to listen to back to them now, people would be like, yo, they, you know, they're really good. You know, it's, 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 it's different. And that's the thing, like people kind of just stayed in, in these lanes where it's like, okay, we're all riding this kind of sound, this kind of style. And then they rode that for a while. And then when these other artists tried to do something different, they didn't get credit until like later on. And then everyone was like, well, you know what, let's try something different. Let's try something new. And a lot of those artists just, you know, if they were to come out maybe five, 10 years later, they probably would have been, you know, just as popular or even more popular than some of the artists that we just named right now. Yeah. Rico, yeah, what do you, right, go ahead, what do you um, Rico, what do you think, um, like, what was the, like, early 90s, like, when, like, the, the, the West Coast hip-hop, you know, kind of started coming along popularity-wise? Yeah. Like, was they playing more West Coast on the radio? Was it more East Coast? Like, what was that like? So, it's funny that you mentioned that, because a lot of my buddies would pay no, they didn't want to hear anything about West Coast. They're like, man, screw the West Coast. It's, it's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, forget that they're on, they're on something different, you know, who cares like that, that kind of style, like they weren't rocking that because it was, again, it was going through that, that transition, right? So you had the rap that was for, for break dancing and then all of a sudden it was cool. Then you were like rocking the, the, the gold chains and like, you know, right. uh, the, the different kind. And then you got these West coast guys wearing all black and wearing jeans and like, you know, just kind of like, yo, that's, you know, what, what is that about? So there, I mean, you were either on one side or another at the very beginning. You know, at the very beginning, it was kind of like you had these two separate and no one, I, 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 I mean, in my, I mean, in my experience, you either liked the East Coast or you liked the West Coast. You couldn't like okay, both. Okay, right. You couldn't like both. And, yeah, and that's, I think, that's, I think that's, that's a Chicago thing. And, yeah, know, that's probably exactly. how we ended up with so exactly. many styles, you know, every, but, every, but the one yeah. album that I think that changed that, though, was Dre's Chronic. And I think that was the album that people were just like, oh, you know what? Never mind. Like, I can it rock opened up this. the West. It yeah. did. It did because it, it was a different. I mean, look, when you compare NWA stuff to Dr. Dre stuff, there's a difference. You know, it's, and then when you throw in, you know, because Snoop, you know, got on there, you know, and then all of a sudden it was just, it was, it, just it was polished. It was that level look, of polish, although in the chronic, know, it yeah. was just like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone from the 90s that did not have the chronic CD tape record. I don't know anyone that did not have it. Now you can say some people didn't have NWA stuff. You can say some people didn't have a lot of stuff from the East coast, but everyone, everyone in the early nineties had the chronic cassette tape, CD, whatever. So I, in my opinion, that's the one that changed it. And it said, you know what? It doesn't matter. East coast, West coast. I'm rocking, I'm rocking this. And I think that that was the album. And it's probably still one of the top 
five top 10 greatest hip hop albums of all time. And again, because like I said, everyone had it, everyone had it. And then that kind of opened the door to people kind of being more receptive. And then all of a sudden you had all these other artists kind of coming through, but that's, it's funny that you brought that up B-Ree, because again, like, I always thought about that. Yeah. I mean, but that, to me, to me, that was the one that changed the game. You know, that, that, cause, cause to me, I was still rocking East coast. I mean, I was like an NWA, but it's like, I couldn't relate to it. You know, I can't relate to, you know, what's going on there. And then early nineties, that's when I went into my tribe called quest phase, you know, and Mm -hmm. then, when I heard the chronic, it was like, yo, this is like the production on there, the samples he was using, like he was using oh, some, man. some, West some, samples, some, yeah. some deep seventies cuts. And you were just like, yeah. And then when you throw in a, you know, a guest rapper, like, you know, Snoop, it's like with his style, you're like, yo man. Cause you would yeah. want to, you, you would want to play those songs to bump them in your rides, you know, and that's, and that, and you could play the chronic from beginning to end you know, in your car, and it's just... Oh, Snoop, too, man. Especially one of my favorite, like, yeah, as far yeah. as last long longevity in the game, and Doggy Style, man, it has some of the cuts yeah. on there, bro. That, yeah. that, that death row run was impeccable. I just wish Jeff <laughs> wasn't a criminal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Every, Especially... Everything yeah, well, about that era saddens me, man. Everything well, think, think about this. Think about think about the family tree, how it started. Okay, you had, end up, let's say, NWA is like the roots, right? You, you come up and then you've got, you know, Dr. Dre, you've got Snoop, you've got Eminem. Like, think about that. Uh, just, uh, yeah, honestly, like, it's just totally pound, different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's totally, like, it, 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 if you look at a tree, it's like, that's like the, the, the one branch that's like way the heck like out of everything else because it's just got so many different styles, so many different vibes, you know? Yeah, it's, and it's actually growing up, like, because I guess because like, you know, my family's from the South, so they, they could like, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. They can, they can identify what kind of what the West Coast was, was talking about because they, yeah. you know, Snoop had a real Southern type of twang to the way he spoke and yeah, the way he yeah. rapped. So like we we listened. My uncle listened to a lot of West. Let's talk the Chronic. I, yeah. I know he played that around me when I was way too young to understand what they were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and like a lot of like yeah. very underrated DJ Quick. His production is DJ funny. Quick on the production side. Yeah. Yes, he's yeah. a leader, bro. Good one right there. Yeah, yeah. And and what what my uncle really loved was the Ghetto Boys out of Houston. Oh, yeah. He loves Scarface. Scarface, and I, and I've been really getting myself on and learning like how important Scarface is to hip hop. Um, and the, over the last two years, Scarface got some stuff, man. I'm, I'm a big yeah. fan of Scarface. If you guys watch the Netflix series Hip Hop Evolution, that is to me one of the best documentaries out there because it breaks it down to the bare bones and goes to like and what i like is he's going chronologically. You know, he's talking about uh-huh. the, yeah. the stuff in the '70s, a lot of stuff that you know hanging out in the streets, whatever, how it all started. Mm-hmm. But then he's incorporating stuff that happened in the West Coast, down South, uh, even like the most obscure kind of places where you're like, really? And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I mean, and, and the impact. And it's never, it's funny because it's never the ones, like the pioneers, it's the ones who come after, you know, the right. ones who kind of broke through and started performing. And it's like, yeah, that's that's the dude who, who did it for me. It's never like the guys who started it. It's always the ones who come after, but there's always. so much talent that, that, that doesn't get noticed, you know? Um, but yeah. That's why yeah, hip hop evolution on that note, they got a, a, a Dilla episode too, which, you know, yeah. he was yeah, definitely one of those. 
Yeah, I mean, with the intro, I thought that was real cool, man. Definitely, yeah. like, and it was all the, like, that first Q-Tip album was a big one for me growing up. His solo album, Amplified, one of my yeah. favorite low-key albums, but if a lot of that album was uh, J.D. Beats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of that was a Dilla Beats, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I got into Dilla when I, because he did probably my favorite common album, like Water for Chocolate. He did like 90% oh he did 90% of production on that. I was just like, this is my favorite producer ever now. Yeah. <laughs> that's a record that doesn't get a lot of props, to be honest with you. But that's, you know, yeah, that's that's the one that again wasn't only only true hip hop has know the impact that that CD had. It wasn't com- it wasn't a commercial right. success, but anyone who's anyone who loves hip hop rap music, that is that is one you have to have. And one of those joints, everybody, you know, know the light, you know what I'm saying? One of those cuts was like, you know, you already realized, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, snap, was like, you know, one of those like self-conscious songs for us, you know, back in that era. And that introduced me to Common, even though he's from Chicago, I never heard any of his on the radio. Me too. And then I had to go back. I had to go back. I'm like, okay, Common did one day it all makes sense, Resurrection. I'm like, oh my God, this this dude is dope. When I was at Columbia College, a buddy of mine was telling me about this rapper from Chicago who he said it was going to be big and he had his 12 inch and the guy's name was, the rapper's name was Common Sense. I'm like, what kind of name is Common Sense? There's there's no way. And then I heard it. I'm like, yeah, it's good. I mean, this was like an early cut. This wasn't even like before you even had a, 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 a full-blown record deal this was like right. you know someone and i was just like man i don't know man he's like no trust me trust me rico this guy's going to be big i'm like man i was like it's hard it's hard for anyone to break out of chicago because again new york new york was the market you know people would would move to new york to start their hip-hop you know hip-hop career so it wasn't like you know any any place else was you know you know, having these artists, but then again, like, you know, like we were talking about those early nineties kind of changed it because then it was kind of spreading over to the West coast and then down South. And so it, it became, you know, acceptable. It didn't matter where you were from. Again, it was like, at the time it was like, you have to be from New York. It has to be from New York. And then, you know, early nineties, that changed it, changed it all. Come on, was it definitely that, that like Water for Chocolate album is probably one of the biggest, one of the most influential albums, you know, to me, definitely because of the Delta Beast. But you know, just they had um, Cute Quest Love was on that album, you yeah, know, yeah. So Erica was on that album, you know, he had Bilal on the album, like that whole and that kind of introduced him to the whole Soquarians movement, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. All the Erica Radu albums, you know, D'Angelo album. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, like, man, yeah. and they was all working on each other albums in that time see, period. See, you know yeah, but that's when you saw a lot of like we were talking about before, like the, the R&B going right. into the hip hop. Because because before that, that was like all hip hop and you didn't have a lot of collaborations with R&B. But you get that in the 90s because yeah. like, like you were saying, a lot of these producers were like, hey, you know what? I'm producing this track and it's got a nice little, you know, you know, mellow beat and you know yeah you can sing to it you can use samples or whatever but i mean that's that 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 was it that that kind of changed it after that when you could when you can throw in an r&b artist with the a solid rap. yeah, yeah all of that you right. know what i'm saying absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's funny how the neo soul movement was kind of like pseudo hip-hop still you yeah. know what I'm it's like yeah that's because of quest love quest love was like the the ring leader of that whole movement <laughs> but, time, man well, I don't think the Roots get enough credit as, you know, either. I mean, they, when they first came out, they, they they were definitely way, I mean, way different than anyone. I mean, who, who heard of a, 
a, a rap, a rap, you know, hip hop band. Like what? what hip hop band? Are, yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? Right? itself, right? You know. And Black Thought is probably one of the most underrated rappers of all time, too. I mean, his style. I mean, come on, man. Like, no, I don't know very many people that have him on the top five, like greatest lyricists of all time. I don't know very many people who do. Yeah. I don't know very many people there. that do, but he's definitely, again, you know, it's just, oh, yeah, everyone talks about the roots and talks about Questlove, but hold on a second. Black Thought is a genius. Like, if you sat there and actually read his lyrics, you know, to me, like, I remember early on, like, after I fell in love with Eric B. and Rakim, they had, there was a hip-hop book, and it broke down the lyrics of some of the top songs, and almost all those songs were by Rakim. If you read that, it reads like poetry, you right. know, and it's like, Whoever thought that, whoever thought that you can come up, you know, with that, that kind of mindset, you know, to, but Black Thought is right up there too. On, on the roots tip, shout out to that consistency right there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, and Black Thought, like how many consistent albums have they dropped over the years? Like when I start going back and looking at that, this discography, things fall yeah. apart for knowledge of it, you know, that yeah. phrenology, the, the game theory, you know, I can't remember, um, what was the one he did a couple years ago? So I cannot think of the name of it, but oh, it was like that, real that. political. The, the one that was the really beautiful. The, the how I got over joint. Not that one too, because I uh, that one had like one of my favorite hip hop artists, Blue. But the one right before that one, the one he had, uh, I think it had it had a cut with Wale. He had a cut with oh, oh. that's on it. Rising down, rising down, brother. Rising oh, down. That's a yeah. good one, man. Check that out, my roots yeah. rising down, like so consistent over the years, yeah. man. Shout out to Cause they they like they automatic copy. Anytime they get an album coming out, okay, I'm bad. You know, even if I'm not gonna listen to it for a couple of months, I'm like, I know I gotta have it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Since we talked about that, let's talk about like greatest albums, not, or just personal favorite albums. You know, got because it's too subjective. But just personal favorite albums that you know you always go back to. Because I gotta put like Water for Chocolate on there because that's I always go back to that album. Oh, and Blackstar, a lot of those ruckus records. Oh, there you go. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice beast movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think earlier records for me that that stick out, Paid in Full, Eric B. and Rakim, uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I, um, I'm Bad, LL Cool J. I got to put that up there. Top five, LL Cool J. I'm thinking like records or, or cassettes that I remember playing over and over and over again. Like to me, Low End Theory will always be oh. you know, up there by far. Foster Rhymes' verse on Scenario is Man, crazy. That's so, that's so classic. <laughs> Look, I, I remember I, I saw this T-shirt that I want to order and it said, you know, Low End Theory changed my life. And because I remember hearing excursions, like I remember buying a cassette tape at this place called Record Exchange, which used to be on Morse, right by the Morse stop on the, on the red line. And I remember I, when I was coming home from, when I knew the record came out, I got off the train at, and I went, picked it up. And I remember putting it in my, in my, you know, putting in my headphones, cassette tape. And I remember hearing excursions like that beat, the do, 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 do. And I'm like, yo, this is, this is it. This is, I can tell this is going to be, you know, a, a different kind of, you know, a cassette for me or album for me. And, but those three come to mind right away in terms of album, but that's earlier stuff. I'm sure, you know, after you guys throw in a couple more, I I can definitely think of, but those are the three that I can remember playing beginning to end over and over and over again to the point where it's just like the tape is all worn out. You know, I mean, it's, but those, those are like the three for me early on that kind of are, are my favorites. 
for me, it's like, you know, I, I, it makes me think of my shorty era, you know, just being a kid, you know, listening to hip hop, you know, and from your parents played and it was Ready to Die, Biggie was definitely played a lot, you know what I'm saying? Played a lot of that for some reason growing up and Busta Rhymes when disaster strikes. <laughs> I used to love Dangerous. Yeah, and, uh, wow. Put your hands where your eyes can see. Man. Oh, man. Still one of the baddest beats ever is that, yeah. Put your hands. Growing up, that album, we played that album so much, man. Um, but thinking about some unsung classics that was really big for me um, when I really started getting into hip hop was Ghostface, Supreme Cartel. Oh, that was wow. Dope. I'm a yeah. big Ghostface fan, man. That, that Supreme Cartel was one for, in college, man. That was on repeat like crazy. Mm. That, that was one, but it's so many, man. Um, that, that Q-tip amplified was a big one for me. Uh, one yeah. thing on the on the on the pop tip, his first album, I don't feel gets a lot of credit. Um, to Apocalypse Now. Oh yeah, yeah. there you go. Album, there you That's and it's like that political pop. You know, what I'm saying people don't realize. You know, like he he dubbed it down more than most rappers out there. You know. What I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of people have been dissing lately. You know, what I'm saying they don't mm-hmm. like to like to give him his his profit was the best artist, but I feel like I always got to remind people of that first pop. Like, go listen to Pop on that two apocalypse now, and like tell me what you think after that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, listen. If you want to listen to pop, listen to uh, I wonder if heaven got a ghetto because it's, <laughs> 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 it's yeah. Yeah. Yes. And listen, so we burned it down. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, Mike, are you still alive, man? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but for me, like, well, it's Illmatic. Illmatic, of course. Nice. Of course. No. Nice. Classic. Talk about production, too. Oh, man. man. Yeah. Uh, and with Tribe Called Quest, Midnight Marauders. Ooh, yes. Midnight Marauders. Yeah. Like, I actually had to go back to the album. I heard the Wands Brothers theme song. I'm yeah. Like, no. I'm like, okay, but I had to write the album. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Hey, favorite. Yep. And yeah. I always go back to Heavy D, Peaceful mm-hmm. Journey. Yes. My favorite. Interesting. Song okay. Yes. Uh, yeah, we talked about that last time too. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. I told him about Alto Rico, I bought the vinyl because it has yeah. one of my favorite songs. And we okay. used to the, uh, the RB version, if it's good to you. Yeah, it's good too. Hey man, that's a cut. Oh man, oh juice makes you think of juice too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. That scene, bro. One of my favorite scenes when they go in the uh, record store. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yep. That's a good selection. Yeah. But I think we we're missing a really important element of hip hop, which is battling. Okay. Okay. What are some like epic battles that you remember? Because I know. I know it's one that still that still goes on today. Arguments if you bring up Jay versus Nas, I'm oh, <laughs> oh man. yeah, that's that's that's, that's part of the class, especially growing up, man. That, that was so big, man. I can't. I mean, for me, like the reason why I laugh when you said rap battles, I remember when UTFO and Roxanne, oh, Shantae oh, had right, right, and the original. The, the original but, beefs. But what's funny, guys, is that my brother bought the 12 inch and it had the disc track on there for, you know, Roxanne. And it just, I, I wish I, if I, if, if I would have known, I would have like, because I, I know I have it here somewhere. 
but that's what I remember the first, like battle. Like, why, why are these guys battling this girl? Why? And so that's why it just kind of popped into my head. Like when you think battles, I mean, there was also the big one back in the day, Kumo D and LL Cool J because Kumo D swears that LL Cool J stole the style or whatever. But I laugh because if you buy, if you guys have the Kumo D record, the sleeve on the back has a report card of who the greatest, who the best rappers are. And he graded them like A to D or whatever. And he, of course, Kumo D puts himself graded high. He had the Beastie Boys like at a C minus or a D plus or whatever. (laughs) But it was so funny because he graded them like on style, flow, um, you know, whatever. And he had him, you know, Kumo D had himself first, Grandmaster Kaz, and I forget who else he had at the top and he had like LL Cool J like at a B minus I can't remember but it was really funny how it was like a report card and that's you know the the dissing back and forth you know Jack the Ripper you know LL Cool J came out with that track I mean um so that those are the earliest my earliest recollections of like battles especially when it's like you know on vinyl and and, but that's what I think of that's why I laugh because I'm like man I remember those battles back in the day um, but those are the first two that I can, that I remember. That I was like, yo, this is crazy. You know? When, when I think of memorable ones, just growing up and, and probably the one that, uh, it makes me laugh the most just because of what, how he just destroyed him is 50 and Ja Rule. For some reason, I, I don't know why, but just when 50 came on the scene, I, uh, I, I never see, right, I never yeah. see one artist that was like at this level go down so fast. You know, yeah. just, like bro, wasted, just destroyed, just 50 career coming up, just like it, it was like because because 50 almost did the giant. I mean, he he was like he was like the more hood version of the Ja Rule persona. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just like and you know, he he had a certain intellect with it, but man. That's, that's funny. It. And it really wasn't even a battle, but just when I think about like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hip hop beef says it was memorable, you know what I'm saying? That was, yeah. That's what I always think of like, K That's funny. How many rapper been in war like battles with rap beefs that LL Cool J? <laughs> <laughs> so he, just, he, he, he spends decades. He, like, that's what I mean. That that's what it is, B Smooth, is yeah. because he's been around for so long that everyone, you know, goes after him, you know. It's yeah. That one with cannabis and you. Oh, with cannabis. That was one of the first. talked about a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the first battles I remember was him and cannabis. And I'm like, it it, it, it was over something stupid. It was over a tattoo. Yeah. Well, (laughs) and we didn't didn't talk about the Big E Tupac. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, you know, sadly, you know, but. Yeah, that's just the the beef of a a lifetime right there, man. Yeah. I think that that taught everybody to keep it on wax. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember that that source yeah, of right, I remember that source awards where you know uh, they were up on stage, Death Row, and it just going back and forth. I was like, "Yo, man, that that got ugly real quick, real quick." That's no, that's no. Oh man, it. I remember they they. I mean, they used to broadcast the Source Awards. Back in the day, that was the last one. That was the last one, right? That was the last one today. It was like hip-hop. I just remember watching that thinking, okay, this is going this got ugly really fast. (laughs) I remember that clip of of Shug Knight walking on stage in that bright red polo. Yep. Uh, If you don't want your producer 
All on yeah. the, all on that record. Oh, man. You mean New York? You mean New York ain't got love for Death Row? <laughs> Wait, did you guys? Did you guys hear about the MC Search, MC Hammer? One, have you, have you heard about this where it got so bad? It. it got so bad that when MC Search was flying to LA to do something to promote something, that I forget what affiliate MC Hammer is, Bloods or Crips, whatever, but he had a gang go to the airport and was ready to shoot him, kill him, supposedly, is what the what the right. rumor is. And it got so bad that when MC Search's plane landed all these security came to meet him at the airport to get him uh, in the car to get him out. And he couldn't even go like shopping downtown LA or anything. That was his first time. I think the, the, the way that he said it was the first time him going to LA, but I never even remembered that, that at all. Like I, I I'm like MC search, like really like third right. base, like you're talking third base and MC hammer, like, you know, not to say not, not to put, put those two artists down. I mean, obviously, but, it, it it got it got ugly. It got ugly to the point where you know they you know supposedly MC Hammer went after MC Search. I mean it was crazy. But yeah. from what I remember is MC Hammer wasn't a tough guy, but since he hired his whole neighborhood, he hired a lot of tough guys. Yeah, he's from the Bay, so you know you know he got he had some stone cold killers up to. I actually bought his. Um, I actually bought turn turn this mother out because. At that time, that was a record that you could play at a club. You could, but you you would play that at a club, and people would be like, "Yo, man, like that is, um, you know, that that's a good track to play." But then when he came right. out with the second album, you know, "Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him," I mean, that he just went a totally different direction. I mean, he did that to himself, you know, like he he went pop and went to that point where wearing the baggy pants. It's like, dude, you could have just stayed what you were doing. You probably would, wouldn't have made as much money. But then again, he ended up blowing it, you know. Anyway, you know. Like to yeah. be smooth credit, but paying everyone in the neighborhood, you know, to go on stage with him. Cause I actually saw, right. I actually saw him in concert. I did see him in concert. This concert was Jodeci, Boys to Men, MC Hammer. Interesting. MC Hammer had about 30 people up on stage. He had two bands. He had a, 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 a background singing group of, of males, a background singing group of females, and probably about like eight, eight, or, eight or 10 dancers up on stage. It's like, where, where do I, you know, where do I keep my eyes at? But I mean, orchestra up there. but you know, definitely one of the greatest shows, you know, yeah, shows, shows out there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, but yeah. Right now, like, I'm starting to think about like when I was younger, when I told you about the Master P, you know, I regretted that. What are some artists that you listened to back in the day that now you're like, what was I thinking? What, what was going through my head when I, when I decided that this was good? Oh, <laughs> fun. That's a good question. I don't, man. I don't, I, I, and I guess it's hard thinking about the old era. It's probably more current stuff that I feel <laughs> that way about that. It's like, I actually <laughs> liked it. And I, you know, like, oh. But uh, honestly, for me, and this is probably not even going to be what um, it, it would kind of go with that, but I feel like people from, from this era might not realize how big that movement was, but definitely the Dipset movement. Coming up in the early 2000s, hey man, like that Dipset movement, especially when I was in high school during like 2002, 2003 era, man, that 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 movement with Cameron, Jewel, Jim Jones, and then a whole wave of other Dipset artists that came after that, man, it was like 
That's and, funny. And I ain't gonna lie, I, I really feel like the Dipset movement really shaped it, helped shape the sound that you hear with like some of the more current, you know, kind of hardcore gangster hip hop, you know what I'm saying? Like, like they kind of just, the way they use the samples are just that real, like they, it was the first ones like the diplomat immunity, like kind of taking the hip hop, but kind of with like a soldier, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But in the modern era, you know what I'm saying? Like they was doing the drill thing back in New York, you know what I'm saying? Like early with it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think for me, there was a group called the Fushnikins. And, <laughs> and <laughs> you know, they were on a different, you know, they were on a different level, right? You know, they, you know, they could, uh, but to me, like, I remember buying that cassette tape and I'm thinking, man, you know, I'm a true, what? I'm a true Fushnik. Like, and I was just like, okay, this is, this is good. Looking back, obviously not the greatest purchase. Um, you know, Shaq, Shaq was on one of their, one of their tracks, you know, Shaq, Shaq had a, and, and, but that was like the only, when, when people used to come over to my, to my house and they would see my rap collection, they would go through the cassette tapes, whatever. They're like, what you, what you doing with Fushnik? I'm like, Hey man, I mean, you know, at that time it was like, yeah, they were different. They had a couple of couple of good tracks that that were a little bit different. Um, I I remember buying the Criss Cross cassette tape. I had that in my arsenal. Um, yeah, I guess there's a lot of pop where we can choose from. Yeah, I mean, I mean, again, it was just, I mean, a lot of that, like I said, you know, that's that's what was on, and you know, and uh, you know, for me, I just wanted it, you know, to to play in my car or whatever. But you know, a lot of that stuff, I mean. Yeah, I mean, but those those are the ones that that come to mind only because like a lot of those artists were like one hit wonders anyway. Right. Um, but yeah, what about you, Beast Move? What what you got? Uh, it's just anything like from No Limit, Fast <laughs> Twenty Records. That's the whole. Cash money records. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about big timers, man. Baby and Maddie. Oh, oh man. they had man. so many hits, man. <laughs> That's funny. Beast Move brings a whole record label. It doesn't say one R. He's like, anything from, from this record label. <laughs> We're naming oh, artists. He's like, yeah, anything on this record label is yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah, I, I don't have it anymore, but I, I had a Stoke the Shocker CD. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Stoke. That's funny. I can name more R&B artists than I think that I, I, I bought Oh, man. stuff that but if we're talking hip-hop i can't think of very many i was very i was very picky when it came to to actually purchasing cds tapes whatever you know especially for artists that i didn't know you know that's because a lot of it was like okay you know the cassette singles or whatever were like four or five bucks so I, if i if there were two tracks on the album that were good the tape was only ten dollars so i'm like hey man i'm just gonna spend ten dollars and, and get my money's worth so i usually would wait until <laughs> You know these artists had two hits, but like I said, Fushnikins was one that mm, you know, and Criss Cross. I mean, I don't remember what the other track was. They had a couple tracks, but I mean, it was just that. It was just that jump tape. around. <laughs> jump around. They also had like I missed the bus or I can't remember. There was like so many like you know crazy kind of songs that they had that just like. Ugh, man. Nope. And like, have you have you guys been watching like the versus thing on IG, like the the little oh, battles? Man. Oh man, I, I've been loving some of those. 
Yeah. I, I haven't. No. No. No, it's pretty good. Like uh, yeah. the last one was uh, Fabulous versus Jada Kiss. And I missed that one. Yeah. Uh, now nah, Jada Kiss bought the floor with him. I was just like, right. <laughs> he bought the floor with him. Yeah, but you know, Jada Kiss, so many hits, man. So many hits over the years. Yeah. And Jada has some low key strong albums, you know, like that first. I mean, anything off the, the his first one, we gonna make it. He had a couple of joints on there that were like, you know, I know fans have some too. But. Yeah, but they they the have Erica Badu and the Jill Scott one was heavy mm-hmm. too. Yeah, oh yeah, that was that was real. I got I got my shade better out. Got my instance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All oh man. But uh, they did one with uh, it was uh, Ludacris and Nelly. I missed okay. that one. I wanted to see that with Ludacris personality. So yeah, yeah. How'd, how'd that one go? It took me back to like it took me back to high school, and it was just like I was like, man, why were we listening to Nelly outside of country grammar? Why were we listening? <laughs> you know what? You're not lying. Country grammar, like like Nelly came on strong and then it started fizzling out slowly after that. But Luda was consistent, man. Luda yeah. went like five, six albums into it, like. He had, a cu- he, had, he had a couple of club bangers, that's for sure. That's yeah, for sure. I just know that Luke, I, I never bought a Ludacris album because I just I just couldn't see myself. Like, at, around that time, I was just like, <laughs> I'm very conscious about, after that Master P mistake, I'm, I'm very conscious. Beast Moon got PTSD. He's like, well, hold on a second. Yeah. Let, me, let, me, let me do some research before I spend my, spend my money on this stuff. About how I spend my money. And Ludacris would have some, some punch slabs that were like, yeah, so I'm like, like man, those these are bad, man. These are bad. These are bad. <laughs> I, I, I ain't gonna lie, my dad. I never forget one thing. He, he used to like roll out, but he was like, I only like the chorus. He was like, when he started uh, rapping, like, I get like it. the chorus. <laughs> <laughs> and I, was, I, was, I was like, yeah, I thought roll out was a good track. He was like, nah, oh, son. Man. He was like the chorus cool. When he was like, we start uh, rapping, I just kind of fade out. But that was kind of that shift, you know. I yeah. mid two thousands. That's when things when hip hop kind of like start going more. And uh, it, it always it always had that kind of those pop moments sneaking out, yeah. you know what I'm saying, and, and taking form. But I feel like, yeah, by the time the mid-2000s came, like, things really started getting popped real fast, you know? Yep. Yeah, because I, I tried to look at the Billboard chart. I Top 10 rap album songs, I don't, I don't know anyone. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know any of you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, stopped, I stopped really paying attention to hip-hop. I mean, I'm not going to lie, like, I want to say mid mid two thousands. I was kind of like, okay, I'm. I think I'm done, and because it just got to the point where I just couldn't relate. I think a lot of that also is, and you know, I think Beast Move. We may have touched upon this last time. Is now it's a lot easier to you know to get your stuff on the radio. A lot. Of, it's a lot easier to kind of promote yourself. Whereas back in the day, you had to work hard to get a record deal, mm-hmm. and then you had to go on tour. And a lot of these artists, you know, didn't want to tour with each other. So you had R&B artists touring with rap artists and things like that. So it's, it was a lot harder back then to kind of get your, you know, get, get noticed, get out there. Whereas now it's like, I got a YouTube, you know, check me on this. And so, you know, to me, it's just like, and I'm, I'm not discrediting that at all. I'm not saying that these artists now are not good. I mean, I haven't really paid attention. I mean, you know, to me, like I look at, you know, someone like a Kendrick Lamar. And I think that that's a dude that you, you could have put him back in the eighties and he'd still be, you know, just, you know, spitting heat, you know, like he is now, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just, but then there are some that just like, what, like this dude is, you know, one of the you know hottest rappers out there. Like, what are you kidding me? Like, have you heard no. his stuff? 
I had felt like we was going to kind of touch on this topic, and you know, I I always say like like this era is is almost something different in a way. You know what I'm saying? Like it's definitely like it's definitely on that hip hop family tree. You know what I'm saying? But it's almost like a, a, a different genre in the sense. It's, like, it's almost like another hip hop yeah. sub sub genre. You know what I'm saying? Because you think yeah, about yeah. now the music is almost more centered around like dance like dance culture. You know what I'm saying? Even the trap music is real dance culture. It makes me think of like reggae music or something where it's like, you know, it's a lot about the singles, you know what I'm saying? Not as much focus is on the album, you know what I'm saying? Or you might have a lot of tracks, you know, a lot of similar styles, you know what I'm saying? But it's it's, it's almost like something different. Still hip hop, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that, that's a great point because yeah, now it's not about an album, it's just about having one track. And, right. and anyone can have, the three of us can put a track together and it could be hidden and then now we're popular. Now we're making money. Whereas before it was like a full blown album. Like it, you're yeah. not going to, you're probably, and you're never, you're never going to see that. I don't think you're ever going to see that again. Yeah. You're probably not like, and that was probably one of the beautiful things about the golden age of hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Because it was like this, this Renaissance, you know what I'm saying? It was a certain level of creativity that was coming in the music that like to get on the scene, like you said, Rico, like you had like everybody you know, like the outcast, you know, even think about the source thing in the, in the yeah. South. And they was like, we well, got something to say, you know what I'm saying? Just like, it was just, everybody was just I'll like, shut up since. yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I get I get teased a lot because, you know, as you guys can see behind me, those, my CD collection, right? I get teased about that all the time. Like, man, why you got CDs for? I said, there's just something about seeing a CD, seeing tracks yeah. on there, because there's some deep cuts, you know, it's not about, you know, just the, you know, we, we could talk about Heavy D all day about, you know, his, his big hits, but he had a lot of stuff yeah. that, that, you know, that a lot of people were like, that's, you know, that's Heavy D. Like, yeah, he's got some, you know, some cuts on there. LL Cool J yeah. had a bunch of tracks that were like top hits. Curse yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, so to me, that's why, that's why I love the, the CDs, the records, the cassette tapes, because there's just so much oh, on there that we, you know, like if you're a true fan, you're going to, you're going to buy the cassette tape, the CD, the record because there's just so many tracks on there, you know? Uh, and, but now it takes one song, you know, or one collaboration. And now this person is the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's like, come on, man. Like, it's rough. And, and honestly, this, this, what you, this makes me think about what I was talking about when I think the hip hop, it was kind of almost in the thing of like the Black Panther part, you know what I'm saying? Because so it's like, we, it was something that came from that struggle, you know, from, yeah. and, and you think about it, like record labels got to a point where I feel like they start coming to the artists and they start pimping them with the money. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Whereas before we was dictating to the industry, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And, you know, kind of forcing them to to get a hold of what we doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they weren't trying to play hip hop on MTV in the 80s, you know what I'm saying? But it got to the point where they had to, you know what I'm saying? And then they flipped the script on it where it's like, you know, let's monetize this thing. You know what I'm saying? Let's create this this cash cow, you know, all these quote unquote cool things and the music gravitated towards that. And it's like, now we've been pimped. It'll never be the same because like we almost being pimped for the culture that we created. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think, you know, straight out of Compton kind of, you know, touched on that, you know, because again, think of the record label that signed them, right. You know, who, who was the biggest artist on that record label, you know, and it's, you know, it's, it just boggles your mind because again, it's, it's, it's about, Oh, a certain style, a certain look, a certain feel. And it's like, right. 
it's it's crazy. It's crazy how. The, and again, it's, it it seems you think, oh, that's oh, that was a long time ago. Well, you know, it kind of was, but we're talking we're talking thirty years, right? We're talking thirty right. years, and it's yeah, it's 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 evolved to this point where it's just like, man, like you know, I, I hate to be like you know the get off the lawn the get off the lawn guy, but I mean, it's like it's totally <laughs> it's totally different. Now. Like I mean, I. You know, it's funny because you, you go through these cycles, right? Like our, our parents are like, oh, music nowadays is, is terrible. It wasn't like back in my day. And I look back, I'm like, yeah, I think there's something, something to be said about that. You know, especially when you're talking about like, you know, from my, my parents' era, you know, they, they love the Motown sound. You know, my dad was a big Marvin Gaye fan. You know, he, he liked Sam Cooke. You know, he, all, all, and those, those, those guys are some of the greatest artists of all time. You know, right. can we say that about people coming out now? I mean, that I... I don't know. I mean, you know, that, I think that's a bigger question. Like who, who, who's an artist in the past 10, 15 years that you, when you're old and gray, you're telling your, your, your kids as they get older, your grandkids who I, I can't, again, I, I haven't. History going to look back at Takashi, right? Like if history going to look back at Takashi and be like, man, that was slamming. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it just, like, oh, the rainbow hair, how he, he, he revolutionized the game. But, but bro, right. you're right. It's, it's already started. And I've been, I used to talk about this a lot when I think about even people like Young Jock, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like who, you know, had a little stretch where he was probably one of the hottest hip hop artists out, you know, says now, you know, it wouldn't even be thought nowhere near that fashion. Or even yeah. like some of the guys, a lot of people that had like, you know, hits over the years, you know, like the, the people that made the, you know, the white tea and you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it's only for every soldier boy, who was able to make a career out of it. Like it's a whole bunch of other artists who didn't, who only had one or two hot singles, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, you know, maybe a couple albums and really kind of faded away after that. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Before I, you know, we'll conclude this, talk about where the future is. I just want to bring you back to, you know, Rico, you talked about your CD collection. Yeah. Do you remember a time back in the day, I remember this, where you were excited that your favorite artist or artist you really like was coming out with something and you went to go to the store. Not, not Tuesdays, because that's not Tuesdays when, when the new music came out. It was New Music Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah. right. Now when it came out on, on uh, your Apple Music and you can listen to the whole album, you had to yeah. go into the store. Because yeah. I remember back in the fall of 2002, it was three weeks in a row. I was at Coconuts in Hyde Park when I was, at, when I was going to Kenwood. Coconuts. I, I bought Talib Kweli's solo album, Quality. I bought The Roots Phrenology, and I bought Comments, Electric Circus, wow. back to back to back. And that, wow. was, that, was, that was the best time of my life. <laughs> wow. Talk about three weeks in a row. Wow. That's, man, I can't think of a better better threesome than that, like, to come out back to back to back. I remember... It was, it was a half day on both of those days. So I, I, left, I went right after school, went straight to Man, class. Be smooth. Remember, I, I had this for breakfast. I had this for lunch. And then <laughs> I went to the And I, I got this. Know, I let my students know they can't lie to me because I have a photographic memory. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I, you know. That's a while. Man, that's, that's a great question. I think, I think for me, it, it always goes back to tribe, you know, because after after the first tape came out, album came out, it didn't get a whole lot. It didn't have a whole lot to it, but everyone was talking about tribe. Like they, they were the ones that your, your favorite rap artists love tribe called quest. 
because they would talk about them in every interview. And I remember like uh, when I got their first, their first album, first cassette tape, can I kick it to, to me right now? It's still one of my top 10 greatest favorite songs by Trot, period. But I remember getting Low End Theory and then, you know, Midnight Marauder. I mean, it was just, you just knew when that, when, when, when Tribe's album was coming out, you were, you were going to go get it regardless because you knew it was going to be great. And I don't know if too many Nas, I guess, fits that category as well, but I don't, I can't remember very many that I would, you know, okay, when this album comes out, I'm going to get, again, I'm more of an R&B guy, but I mean, I still got mad love, you know, for rap, but to me, those artists are the only ones that I can really think of that I can remember like, oh, it's coming out, you know, in a couple of days. Let me make sure I got money in my bank account, you know, to make this, you know, and, and I, but I would listen. And that's the other thing. I would listen to the whole CD tape, whatever. It was never just one song. I would have to hear it at least two, maybe three times. And I still, to this day, me and my boy, we talk about that, how we would listen to, a new record, new tape, whatever, at least three times. And then we would always put down like our top five favorite songs from that. And we would, we would have like these, you know, you know, think about have these conversations about, okay, which ones do we think are the best, but I can't think of very many artists, you know, that I would wait and, you know, think about that way ahead of time. Now. I planned out that whole week. I saw the albums were coming out. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you yeah. save up some money. I'm going, I'm yeah. going. Yeah. What better feeling, man? You know, I got a, a, a music purchasing problem. I'm literally surrounded, and this whole room is surrounded by records and uh, music. I wish I could let you fell asleep, but it's, uh, man, you know. I, I, I've seen pictures music, on Facebook, man. so it's all. It's all right. Exactly. Well, you see the couple, yeah, physical <laughs> music, man. But uh, when I think of one point uh, that I had to go cop when it makes me think when it came out was that, um, that uh, Lupe Food and uh, Liquor. Oh yeah, yeah. Album side, man, that has such a and just like that, Lupe. Like probably his first two, three albums. Like I think when he came out with the one, the cool, this the yeah. second one. Like bro, when I when, when I know when I was like, I, what an album that I was thinking about purchasing two, yeah. three weeks before it dropped. You know what I'm saying? Like that was one that I was right there ready for with Lupe. He's a cool man. Like definitely was like a big era on the hip hop side for me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. As we started going into the mid-2000s, things started getting a little more commercial. Lupe gave you that, that, that young, that, 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 that showed you young cats could still come and, and really spit yeah. some hard hip hop. Yeah. Hey, so guys, where you see hip hop going? <laughs> is it gonna survive? Or is it, are we even gonna call this hip hop? Or are we just gonna call it something different? <laughs> that's a, that's uh, a great question. That's a great question. I think you kind of do, man. In some ways, but hip hop is going still going. It's, it's still it's still evolving. I think it's going to follow the same pattern as house music. You're going to have different, you know, kind of variations of it. You know, um, I think that's. I mean, it's always going to be hip hop, but then it's going to be you know certain kinds of hip hop. It's not going to be the way that the way kind of like rock music too the same thing right you have you got rock music pop rock you know hard rock heavy metal you know trash metal whatever the case may be i think there's going to be you know little variations of it but i don't think it's going to be just all hip hop i think it's it's going to have its own kind of label and it's going to kind of go off in in, in many different directions i, I it, but i don't think the hip hop that we know and love, I don't think it's it's going to be like that anymore. I just think it's just going to have different variations of it. That's that's the way I see it. 
you know what I appreciate about this era and kind of like you said that it is like hip hop has kind of birthed a lot of the like younger seeds, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You think yeah. about like, yeah, you know, like maybe the, the Trump era is like the little brother that that's wilding out, you know, but it is still a lot of good hip hop out there nowadays if you find it, you know, just, mm-hmm. you know, say even like the, the Griselda stuff, you know, I'm a big fan of some of that stuff or like, you know, Fred the Godson that passed away. Um, definitely one artist, if y'all haven't heard, that I think both of y'all would like that's been dope over the last few years is Blue, B-L-U. Um, you know, Blue, you got some Blue? Yeah, check out some Blue. Yeah, Below the Heavens, you got Below the Heavens there. Yeah. Rico, check this out, a B-L-U, you would love this dude. But you know what I'm saying? But that's the, the, the rough thing, it's like the good stuff just don't get the, the publicity nowadays. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's like, you really got to go dig for it. Uh, well, hopefully, hopefully I can still, I don't become too much of a gruffy old man. <laughs> but I, w- I want to thank you fellas for coming on with me. And we got to do this again. We got to do this with R&B too. We got to do oh, man. R&B show. Yeah, we hey, man. R&B. I, see I, could, I could talk, yeah. I could talk three hours about R&B, yeah. man. Like that. Let's do it. Yeah. And I would love to hear some of your R&B stories. Oh, right man. I got, I got a ton of R&B stories, man. Just, yeah. Oh, without yeah. question. Without yeah, question. I'll, I'll bring on my night, my cousin Jay Lee. Lee. Oh, John Lee. Oh, yeah, oh, Lee. yeah man. Tell man. Lee I said what up, man. I talked to him in a minute. Absolutely. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, well, we'll talk after the show. <laughs> I'll tell y'all. But, uh, yeah, because we got to talk about, because Prince, they're releasing all the stuff from the vault. Yeah. And I'm excited because they're releasing, side of the, re-releasing Side of the Times. They're doing a big vinyl I'm gonna, that I'm probably going to spend $200 by paying. Um, me too. <laughs> this? Oh, it's all good. Prince. Oh, Worley. Oh, yeah. I ain't gonna. I just picked up one of his albums. I'm. I'm I can't lie. The, the state been dropping some of his stuff. I think it's uh the Rainbow Children album. One is like oh, early two thousand Prince album. Oh, so, that, you was, know. that was that was that was great. Well, I, I love all Prince. I'm like I'm a Prince baby. <laughs> so, oh yeah, <laughs> that'll be fun. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta find some time. I gotta get out my thoughts. Like yeah, right. about Prince, you have to talk about how Maxwell's the most underrated R and B artist. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, I also I also would put D'Angelo in that category too. And Bilal, oh, and, oh, and Bilal. Tip, man, people slip on slip on Bilal, man. But we got a whole show ready. Already. We already got topics already, man. So I know, right? Until part, next time, right? Part two, ready to go. <laughs> All right. So until next time, everybody. Thank you for uh, thank you for listening. Always remember, be good and drink your water. Peace. <laughs>